Northside is blessed tremendously with a number of specific ministries. Sometimes we have a staff member responsible for a given ministry. Oftentimes, in a large majority of cases, uh, our ministries are led by volunteers. I I believe that's one of Northside's strong points. Um, These ministries, the the youth, uh, children's education, uh, we have a Mission Sunday, we have a Know Your Bible Sunday, and we have a Celebrate Recovery Sunday, and that's what, uh, what we're doing this morning. All of these ministries have a number of things in common. There are one or more champions. There are any number of dedicated servants involved. And yet every one of our ministries, uh, every Northsider, as we consider the good that we try to do from day to day, uh, we look at this scripture. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations for, uh, forever and ever. Amen. Whether it's missions or know your Bible or celebrate recovery or the women's retreat or a once-a-year once a ministry, whatever good we might do, Whatever service we might provide, whoever might see us do it, whatever value we might bring to uh, folks outside Northside or inside our church family, all of our praise and honor belong to Jesus Christ and to God the Father. My last uh, CR sermon was two and a half years ago. Jeff uh, Jeff did a great job in uh, fall of 21. Uh, Toby and I moved CR Sunday to the spring, and so here we are in 2023. I found all my notes from my old CR sermons. I looked, a couple, I looked at a couple of videotapes. It's a scary thing what goes on in the basement of my house when I, when I get to working on a sermon. And I thought, you know, I'll just take the, the highlights of all my previous work, and we'll go for three or four hours on CR Sunday. One of the things I found in, in through the notes is that it took too long to get to the end of the sermon. Amen? I'm okay with that. The challenge I have is after 12 years of working with CR, with the good people that, that helped uh, Elaine brought it to us. A number of us were there day one and we're still working it. And there's so much good that can happen on a given Thursday or through step studies. Uh, it's, it's, it, you just want to bubble up over and you just want to keep saying everything that you want to say. So this morning I thought maybe we'd bring some, uh, some uh, scope, uh, tighten the scope a little bit. So this is our plan this morning. Uh, some of you may not be fully versed, or you may have some misunderstandings about CR, so we're going to spend a couple of minutes on the foundation of our ministry here on Thursday nights. Uh, we're going to look at a specific verse in 2 Corinthians that has, that has been in my heart uh, probably 50 years or more. I don't even remember the first time that I heard that verse. But as I look at it now through, the, through my CR glasses, if you will, it, uh, it means more to me today, and that'll be the thrust of our lesson when we get there. 
And then at the end of it, I intend to, uh, to give some appreciation, some kudos, and some encouragement to our CR team. There are three, uh, uh, there are at least three foundations to our work. And so we'll begin there this morning. Um, one of the challenges through the years is that I want to keep telling you what we do as opposed to how we do it. So this, uh, this morning, I grab your bulletin from this week. I grab the front page there for your uh, worship, uh, worship uh, notes this morning. I took the back page of that. Uh, we have a CR table out in the foyer. There's a host of information available to you. I hope you'll take advantage of that in some way, shape, or form. It's been said that, uh, that new ministries at any church, whether it's the Church of Christ or, or other churches, some folks have studied this, they said that any new idea, any new ministry has an average lifespan of about seven years. So there will be some excitement at the start, and there may be a lot of excitement, and then, and then folks get tired, and, and they close her up uh, at or about seven years. Uh, our ministry, our Celebrate Recovery ministry, started in November of 2011. We're still going strong. For, for, so for some folks who started the ministry, they died within about a month because we have stretched uh, the, the average life expectancy. God has been so good to us with our work. Everything we do on Thursday nights, everything we do at Celebrate Recovery is christ Based. Not everybody can say that uh, in various ministries. Now, at Northside, uh, I believe that's true with everything that we do. But recovery is a, recovery is a red flag word for some folks. Uh, recovery has some secular meanings. Uh, there's some terrific secular recovery ministries. Uh, many of them are called 12-step programs. And, and I wouldn't say anything in the world bad about those folks. But when we draw a distinction between how they do it and how we do it, one of those distinctions is the fact that we are Christ-based. Not for a single minute on, a, on any given Thursday night do we ever assume that we can do it, because we know we can't. We don't have any special training. We're not certified counselors. Uh, heaven knows we make any sort of mistakes from month to month. But we praise God for His power because we see the recoveries that have been affected in our individual lives and in the lives of the people that we serve. There are a number of uh, guests here this morning. I think I saw everybody. And uh, thank you for being here today. Uh, you're a blessing uh, to me. You see me on Thursdays. You see my, bubble, uh, my, my bumblebee shirt that my grandson loves. Uh, you see a coat and tie this morning. We are witness to the power of God in our lives. That power was mentioned uh, by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1. Take a look at that with me. Ephesians chapter 1, you know these verses. I mentioned a couple of minutes ago that... that um, when I put on my CR glasses, when I, when I read Scripture or when I, when I hear a Bible story that, that I knew long before Celebrate Recovery, 
CR doesn't alter God's word, but it has broadened my perspective on things that I still hold to be so. Uh, This is the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. Uh, The section is verse 15 through the end of chapter 1. So this is Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll pick it up in verse 18 and 19. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians and God's Spirit for us today. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his, inglor- of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, this is the one I want this morning, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. When we meet a newcomer at CR, and they've got a life story that, that is so different than mine or so different from somebody else's, and, and, our, first, and our first impression would be that I don't know if, if there's anybody here tonight who can walk with this person. There is. We serve every Thursday night in the right hand and the power of God. Our second foundation is that we celebrate recovery. And the critical part of that is that some secular recovery uh, ministries seem to celebrate the problem seem to celebrate the addiction, seem to celebrate the fact that you can't get out of the mess that you find yourself in. We celebrate recovery. We call the past what it is. We go back far enough and long enough to understand it. And then we give it to God. And then we move forward. One of Satan's biggest lies, one of Satan's most convincing lies is that as an individual, I am defined by, I am restricted by, I am identified by my behavior. At CR, we do it a certain way. Uh, you, may, you may think it's kind of a gimmick, but it is fundamental to this question of who am I? I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. Take a, the, the reference there is 1 Peter 2. We won't read the six or eight verses, but I am a grateful uh, child of God. I am a living stone. I am part of a holy priesthood. I am God's possession. I am a people of God who struggles with, who's working with God's power in my life to overcome my hurts, habits, and hang-ups, my addiction to this, or my problem with that. It's so critical to have the identity that God gives us, that is confirmed in us, so that then we can work on what ails us. Satan would not have us do that. Satan would not, uh, does not want us to consider that, yes, we are flawed, but we are God's workmanship. 
And he is proud of us. Because we know who we are, we develop and maintain Christian relationships. We depend on each other for fellowship and accountability. When we stumble, and we do stumble, we get back up. Some Thursdays we get together, and you can tell by the look on our face, it's been a good week. Other Thursdays we get together, and by the look on somebody's face, it's been a lousy week. Because that's how the journey goes from week to week. Whether it's been a good week or a bad week, we shout out to the world and to everyone that we know that God is at work in our lives. After 12 years, individually and as a group, in God's grace, I believe we've never been this strong. And that's a blessing in and of itself. We keep looking for opportunities to share God's power with newcomers and with each other every Thursday night. CR is Christ-based. Celebrate Recovery is about recovery. And our third foundation is we walk alongside. We've had good folks come to Northside and, and be confident in their ability to help. In fact, in my, in my bulletin article, uh, many of us who helped start CR, we had a common goal. We, uh, Elaine came in and, and she cringed and we cringed when we said, I'm here because I want to learn how to help those folks. Word to the wise, there is no those folks. All right? The first thing we had to learn was that to, in, to be able to help anybody, we have to do a better, I have to do a better job. I have to get closer to God before I can presume to help anyone. So we don't push anybody's recovery. We don't pull them where they need to go. We get acquainted. We share. We're vulnerable with each other. We walk alongside because we acknowledge that God has the power to help us along. Ephesians chapter 4 Verses 1 and 2, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Those are the foundations of our ministry. In earlier CR sermons, I, I, I would go to a, a Bible uh, hero. Karen got after me last week. This is not in my notes, so I apologize for that. Karen said, quit calling them characters. They are not characters in a play. Every person in the Bible lived and died. Every person in the Bible is terribly human. Every Bible hero is painted in their full complexity. Abraham. Let's start with Moses. <laughs> we can start with Adam and Eve if you want. Abraham, David, Peter, Paul, all of the Bible heroes, fully human, fully flawed. They really could have used some CR on Thursday nights back then. I want to do it a little bit differently this year. I want to zero in on just a very few words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
a flaw in technology. I just looked at my time and it said 10.53. That's what it said the last time I looked. That's the time of the day, Doug. That's not how long your sermon's been going on. So in 20 minutes, it's going to say, what, 10.56? And that's not going to be good. I don't remember the first time I really looked at these verses, but from the very first day that I saw them, it's been a thorn in my side, an encouragement, an exhortation, a challenge. Paul to the Corinthian church, from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. That's a beautiful passage, but I keep going back to that worldly point of view. You know what I mean by that? That meant something specific to me when I was 12, 14, 16, 18, and 20. It meant something through my professional years because I spent a lot of time evaluating folks, interviewing folks, selecting them, firing them. It's a sordid way to make a living. All through those years, I looked at people through a worldly point of view because that was my job. Were they the right person to help my company get the job done? Were they behaving in such a way that we could keep them employed? Was it now time to send them on to newer opportunities? A worldly point of view. God's Word calls us to a higher plane. So I have three verses that I want to share with you for for this purpose, whether or not you have an interest in Celebrate Recovery. My challenge to you this morning is to regard each other, new people that you will meet or people in your family, everybody that you come into contact with, can we do a better job of looking at them the way Christ would look at them rather than the nonsense, the vindictiveness, the hate that comes from the worldly point of view. If we look at folks the way Christ would look at them, then we can move to a better place of treating folks the way Christ would treat them. The first, uh, uh, I have three points here for you. And I tell you what, you see those verses not lined up? Is that a pet peeve of yours? It is of mine. In my dining room, those lined up just fine. Yes, I can tell that they're not lined up. Encouragement number one, we should look at folks with compassion. You know the story in Mark 6, 34. Jesus and the disciples were crossing a body of water. The crowd had run around the lake. It's a big lake. Look it up in the Bible. There were a lot of people. There was a crowd there. Jesus looked at the crowd and had compassion on them. I, I've always considered and, and drawn, uh, drawn some, exer- some encouragement or some, some uh, challenge that I should look at a crowd of people and, and, and have the compassion of Christ. I think Christ looked at a number of individuals in that crowd and he knew that they had a problem. He knew that they needed a shepherd. They were a sheep without a shepherd. We're not told in Mark 6 what Jesus was feeling that day. What we are told is that Jesus looked at the crowd, 
determined that they were a sheep without a shepherd, and he did something to correct that situation. We should look at folks with compassion. We should also look at folks without favoritism. You're familiar with, uh, with the story in James chapter 2. James chapter 2, James is after the folks that he's going to write to, and he says, now in your worship service, through one door, there's a rich man, and he comes in, and you treat him a certain way because, because he's rich. And through the other door, somebody comes in, and they're not dressed very well. They have nothing to offer your church family. If you treat the rich different than you treat the poor, that's favoritism, and James calls it out. I want to broaden that to the differences in folks with whom we have contact. At CR, we meet a lot of folks. Some of their stories are similar to mine, so I don't have any trouble reaching out to those folks. When the, the challenge that I have, or the challenge that any of us have, would be to walk alongside someone whose background is different than ours. So on Thursdays, we work very hard not to show favoritism, not necessarily on the dollars and cents side but from the aspect of where they came from is not necessarily the places that I have come from. I still have Christ's heart that I want to serve them. The third, uh, the third way that I would encourage you to, to put on Christ's glasses, to regard people from a Christ point of view, is a focus on tomorrow. John chapter 8. Go ahead and turn there with me, please. John chapter 8, the first several verses. Jesus came out to the temple at daybreak, and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They put her there in public shame, and they want, they want to hammer Jesus. They want to see if he'll own up to the old law. Everybody knows what should happen to this woman, and Jesus' response is very different. We spend a lot of time on it, as we should. Jesus knew where she, had been, where she had been. Jesus knew what she had been doing. We're not talking about the man that they didn't bring. Jesus knew everything about this woman. He also knew everything about the man who brought her to this public shaming. He wanted to deal with them first. If you don't have any sin, pick up the first stone. When all that is said and done, Jesus' focus is on tomorrow. John, verse, John chapter 8, verse 10 and 11, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Turn away from who you were. Become someone new. Starting right here. Starting right now. And that's what we call recovery on Thursday nights. 
I want to talk uh, quickly to the uh, to the fellow workers on Thursday. I want to talk to uh, the folks here who who have been faithful in their attendance. Every every Thursday night we have uh, we have thirty, thirty five, maybe forty folks. Uh, I, I can't tell you their stories because we do it confidentially. If if you want to know their stories, ask them. They'll, they'll tell you God's power in their life. But Paul had a group of Christians in Philippi that he was terrifically fond of. And we're going to close with Philippians chapter 3. Let's make that Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. I thank my God every time I remember you. Even on Thursdays when I've got something else to do and I'd rather not come out on a Thursday. That may not be in your version of Philippians 1. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We've got a good thing going on on Thursday nights. As we get to, uh, get to November this year, we'll be finishing year 12, going into 13 with a full head of, stream, a full head of steam. In the, I believe it's in your uh, worship handout this morning, I put a challenge for you. I don't know what you're doing on Thursdays. Uh, I'm retired now. I have a little extra time on my hands. So Tuesday night, Tuesday night, I kind of like the FBI shows. And, uh, you know, I admit that. I don't watch them on Tuesday nights because I hate the commercials, so I, I record them. And then, uh, and then I can watch them all uh, fast-forwarded when, uh, when I have a better use of my time. Maybe you like the TV shows on Thursday. And maybe this is not a time of life for you to where you can dedicate yourself one night a week, 35, 40 plus weeks a year. But maybe you have some time in your life that you hadn't had before. Maybe you're looking for a way to, to, to bring recovery into your life. There's, you're, you're saved, that's one thing, but, but you're not happy, you're not joyful, you're not healed On Thursday nights, we spend most of our time on sharing, on praying together, lifting each other up, and finding the healing available to us from person to person in our Celebrate Recovery community. This is not a casual invitation. You won't be able to make a good choice after one or two Thursdays as to whether or not it's for you. So my challenge is if, if you're interested... Carve out, uh, carve out 90 days. Give us 10 or 12 Thursday nights. And after 90 days, if, if you're called to another Northside ministry, God bless. And I mean that sincerely. We've got a lot of good ways to serve God here at Northside. But if you find yourself called to the ministry on Thursday nights, we'll put you to work. God has some good work for you to do after you get closer to his word for you in your own life.
The first aspect of, 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 of recovery is salvation. If there is a gap in your life between where you are and where Christ is calling you to be, the first thing you need to solve is salvation. And we would love to talk with you about that. Uh, the elders will be at the back of the room. Uh, salvation is one thing. Healing and recovery is another thing. I look for somebody with these, uh, with these high-dollar uh, uh, Celebrate Recovery badges. Everybody on Thursday said, wow, I didn't even know you had one. I found it this morning. Put it, uh, put it on my jacket. Find somebody with one of these. We would love to talk with you about the healing that's possible in God's power. If you have a need for us this morning, come while we stand and sing.